0: We have lifestyle. Forgive me if I don't stay around to watch. I just can't cope with the freaky
1: stuff. Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast. A podcast about horror movies and all things tangentially related to horror, horror movies, and the horror lifestyle. My name is Brett Arnold at Brett Redacted on... X.com. <laughs> uh, I'm here with Jesse Hassinger, who's also a big, big fan of X.com. That's We're why about... they
0: always put the X's on my hands at bars, because they know yes. I like the X website so much. It's exactly right. We're always there.
1: We're hanging out at X.com. He is at Rock Marooned on that very normal website. There are no obvious choices for horror coverage this week, although Jesse and I, much like last week where we turned over some stones, and found something to talk about. Uh, We stayed on that beach and we kept turning stuff over uh, since we recorded last. And we actually found two things to talk about. One is a wide release that I'm gonna qualify as horror adjacent uh, because of one element specifically, and that is, uh, you know, guy on phone with distorted voice uh, (laughs) making demands. I would say there's a second one too, because
0: the director is someone I would call Heretofore, a horror director, pretty much.
1: I mean, predators. What else?
0: Yeah, and uh, uh, vacancy is a horror movie. Oh
1: yeah, we love vacancy. Love um, vacancy, and we uh, really I ought guess... to do a franchise watch of vacancy, which would include vacancy <laughs> and um, vacancy two, the first
0: cut. <laughs> and I forgot that armor. I was thinking for some reason I was thinking there was another horror movie in there, but armored is not a horror movie. <laughs> I think. Armored is a good of, movie. Yeah, I do like Armored, and I think there's another one that, of the his that I haven't seen that's a, in his native Hungary that I think is a horror movie. I think is he that did some Control. Uh, yeah, I think Control is a horror movie. I'm not I sure. I
1: definitely saw that um, in like 2008 or something. So uh-huh. it's been a long time. But yeah, Nimrod and Tal, I don't know how to pronounce that. If I'm pronouncing it correctly, I do think his first name is Nimrod, but there's an yes. accent in there. Yes. So. You know, from the Hungarian Nimrod. Like, I don't know. I have no I think, idea. I think, I think it's Antol, maybe, because I think okay.
0: there's a accent on the first A.
1: Very interesting. But uh, colloquially is known as Nimrod. Yes. And he's my favorite Nimrod working in, in film, I think. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of Nimrods that, you know.
0: The aren't so love. named, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, you know, Marcus Nispel, arguably a yeah. Nimrod, but <laughs> I think Nimrod's a better director. Yes. You know what I mean? This is yeah. all making sense to everybody, right? Um. So we're covering a movie by Nimrod starring Liam Neeson and Spider from Avatar The Way of Water and a third person, Little Girl, who I don't recognize from anything. Uh, but she's going to be a future star, don't you think, Jesse? Oh, yes, yes. Stars of tomorrow. <laughs> she could withstand so many car bombs going That's off right. near her. <laughs> yes, yes. She, she got can... so beat up by the end, it was unbelievably funny she, to me. <laughs> she
0: she faces off against, I mean, not faces off against, but she, you know, she goes toe-to-toe with Liam Neeson. So, of course, she's going to be a star. Yes, Retribution
1: in theaters now. Uh, it's it's January and August Yes, uh, at the box office with Retribution. And there's another movie that I think it must be a
0: very limited release. I haven't checked. Yeah, it's it in was. New York City it's playing once a day at the IFC Center in the morning. Beautiful. So that that's gives you, you know, an idea. Yeah. Very limited.
1: So it will be on VOD probably in a week or a little uh, it's later. It's on VOD on... right now. I, oh, I all watched right.
0: I straight up rented it last night.
1: Ugh, we got to jump into the Patreon coffers now and <laughs> and pay Jesse out for enduring The Dive, which I hope was a reasonable 6.99. It was. It was a reasonable 6.99. All right, all right. uh, Send. I'll send the check over now. Uh, (laughs) Good, good. My my
0: my account will wait with bated breath.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking about the dive, which is a new survival thriller, which is my one of my favorite horror subgenres. I think you know this because you've been covering the pod long enough. uh, You've been on the show long enough, where we've covered. Fall was a great Uh one. Yeah. Were you around for Forty Seven Meters Down too? I feel like no. I've still never seen that one. Whoa! Uh, but you saw the first one. I did see the first one, And yes. it, you agree it kind of rules, right? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was fine. You're I on the record, Mandy- sir. <laughs> I love Mandy Moore. I thought it was fine. Unbelievable. I thought you'd have more enthusiasm. Um, I really think... I just love the genre so much that you don't have to do a lot for me to think your survival thriller is good. I mean, it has to be convincing, but if a movie puts me in the character's shoes in a situation... That I would personally just rather die just, than. I would it. just personally, yeah, I would just
0: I would just turn to dust as soon as the situation presented yeah, itself.
1: those type of movies, which this is definitely one of, they just work for me. So even though this one, I could see the arguments against it, and we'll talk about it. Like maybe a little. Uh, uh, melodramatic and the flashback and like metaphor of what's going on but like those are that's kind of the bread and butter of the genre yes and yeah yeah it, I think it works we'll talk about it double feature of new releases despite there being not any obvious horror choices at the box office we don't say we never did anything for you guys we are I love my one metaphor is we're turning over stones on the beach yes, yes <laughs> that's all I got for it, for it. I got nothing else <laughs> uh, it's been two weeks and I haven't you know put pen to paper to think of anything better than that. <laughs> so that's what you get. Uh, the, our writers are on strike. Yes, yeah. We can't help it. We, we're flying blind here. And we should jump right into the news with that, because yes. the writer's strike has led to some... Honestly, this feels like one of the most boneheaded studio decisions in a while, and in, yes. in an era full of many of them. Dune Part 2, which was scheduled to come out, I think it was November 3rd?
0: Yeah, the first weekend of November, the big holiday kickoff.
1: And... Not to be stupid, like I don't know they're basically they the news here is dune part two has been pushed to twenty twenty four It is not coming out until March fifteenth because the calculus Warner Brothers is making is that we need our cast to go on the late night talk shows and do the interviews with all the with all the magazines and stuff. We need them all available to do the press or dune part two is going to fail, and I'm like. I already was per, a per, like, I feel like this is going to sound disingenuous coming from me a person who like had to eat crow because I thought Dune was going to bomb and it did fine but like n- now more than ever I feel like there is an appetite for Dune. People are looking forward to it. Yes. There is a full court press of, of literal press happening yeah. with like you know magazine covers that were months in the works like the big empire article just came right, out. Right. Like they
0: actively shot themselves in the foot by doing this. Do you agree? I do agree. I was absolutely, I was, in fact, batting it around with some pals on the internet saying, no, they're not going to move it. Like, everyone's kind of, you know, there was, that was was put in the trades a few weeks ago. Like, oh, they're thinking about moving it. Yeah, it's like, like, not like a scare way. tactic for the strike. Yeah, I was like, they're just, they're just bullshitting. Like, why would they bother moving it? It's got tons of name recognition. You really don't need Timmy Chalamet on Fallon to get people to, to to get the like 40 year old nerds who go see Dune first weekend. Don't need Timmy Chalamet saying you must see my movie.
1: uh." I know he's not actually French. So
0: that's how I I, I like to picture it. Um, uh, If anything, Chalamet is doing another movie for Warner brothers, Blanca. It's coming out on Christmas and that date seems to be holding. And that makes way, I mean, I guess it's because they think it's a holiday movie for families. So they they have, maybe it has a built-in audience there and holiday movies, just generally movies around December have good legs. But I thought, if anything, that's the one where you need Chalamet out and doing the full-court press. You need him
1: on Jimmy Fallon doing karaoke while they do karate or whatever. Right,
0: right. Be. He needs to do the, t- yeah. the chocolate taste test game oh my or God. whatever. Yeah, he's like, got to be on a Food Network full blast. He's doing yeah, all the taste Yeah, exactly. Tests. But, dude... It's one of those things because it's a sequel and because it was a sequel to a movie that left left off in the goddamn middle,
1: arguably <laughs> very much a part one of a movie where I think a lot of people, the marketing
0: didn't tell them it was part one. Right, and the right. movie was like very much half a movie in my opinion. If you just blanket with ads, I mean, I'm not saying, look, I, like I have no, no sympathy for the studios here in this situation. If they want to, you know, shoot themselves, cut the cut their nose off to spite their face, I've it, I guess, but, it seems to me that if you just blanketed everywhere with ads for Dune Part 2, that's enough. You don't need I to. I would have, yeah. Idiot. I thought it was.
1: I don't know what the tracking looked like or if there is tracking for something that, that's coming out in November already. But it, it felt like it was going to do fine. Like, it, are, oh, de- yeah. definitely going to open bigger than the first one did opening yes. weekend yes. based on the like part 2 trend of a planned. Part two of, you know, well, and the, part, the first
0: one. Thing. One of the reasons I think people were skeptical about the first one doing well, understandably, is that it was do, debuted simultaneously with HBO on HBO, and it was still like, I mean, there were vaccines and stuff, but like it was not full, you know, it was not full theatrical release power. You know, there had not been an opening as big as Barbie or Super Mario at that time. So, like, I understood people going, I don't know if this is gonna hit. And it did surprisingly well for the movies in that 2021 period where stuff was not doing it was pre-Spider-Man, which I feel like was the really first, really big one. Uh so this one has more favorable circumstances in terms it'll be in you know, it'll be a couple of years after people sort of got back to going to the movies. And it's highly anticipated, isn't also debuting on streaming at the same time. It seems like you're all the way there, pretty much in terms of what you need to get up top. The the uh you know the cosmopolitan cover with those Zendaya is not going to necessarily be the uh, the difference maker there. I can see like challengers. The other Zendaya movie was delayed, and I get that you really want Zendaya to do be doing tons of press for that movie. Well, yeah, she's like a, she's a big Luca star. You right?
1: in like indie sex comedy thing yeah. yeah yeah that
0: needs her it, it's it needs the attention dune it's very silly like i I was i really never thought dune or the marvels but well, now the marvels definitely won't move dune also had a six weeks i six they negotiated a six week imax window uh that they're not going to have in march if only because warner's king kong godzilla movie is coming out a, a month after and they're going to want that on imax so like they'll yeah. they will not ask for six weeks Uh, And after all this press about Oppenheimer getting this great IMAX run, you would think they would say, you know, it's almost just worth it just to have.
1: Do you think that means Oppenheimer is sticking around till like like someone else predicted to Thanksgiving now? I mean, regular, regular
0: IMAX screens have already moved on to Blue Beetle and they've already moved on from Blue Beetle to Equalizer 3 this weekend. So, regular, most IMAX screens are not. Uh, The 68th Street, I wonder, it it probably will play. I imagine Oppenheimer will play at the 68th Street IMAX. I actually wanted to talk to someone over there for a story that my sometime editor at GQ asked me about. Mm. And I I think it's Scotch now, because AMC initially got back to me and then really kind of ghosted me about the idea. But I wanted to talk to someone about that, just about, you know, kind of behind the scenes, of like, wow, this is a phenomenal run. It was very positive. It was basically about how going to the IMAX is the best. <laughs> what a what a terrible story they like, were trying we to We have avoid. to kill
1: this story. We <laughs> yeah.
0: can't let it get out. <laughs> right. It was going to be this real like not not especially critical, you know, pretty much just saying that 68th Street IMAX is like my favorite movie screen in, in the New York City. Um Anyway, I was hoping to talk to someone about it so I would have more, you know, uh, exclusive information, but I would guess what else is going to take the IMAX screen at the 68th, like the real IMAX screen. And again, that's maybe not worth jockeying for at all, because as we've talked about before in the show, there's like 30 of those worldwide. So like, ultimately, that's not a big dent in your financial situation for any movie. But yeah, just as a matter of you know, people who go to the IMAX, who like to go to a real IMAX screen, I would guess Oppenheimer's sticking around. Maybe not till thanks. Maybe not till the Marvels. But on the other hand, I'm not sure if there's anything else that's going to really warrant. You know what? Colors of of the Flower Moon is going out in IMAX. I wonder if 68th Street will will uh, try to say, "Hey, you like that three hour movie." by a prestige director <laughs> uh how about this one so maybe in october at 68th Street, it would be super cool because it's going out limited at first it would be super cool and probably great for their numbers if they if one of the three screens playing it in new york or something was the imax like i would go see that probably even if i go to a screening you know <laughs> so right i that might i would guess that might be the next one that actually takes the spot on a real imax screen uh. But, but yeah, know. it's it's so dumb. Why would you not just put out Dune? Like, it seems yeah. like it's easy, easy money. Uh, I, I'm, I'm baffled by this decision. And it also yeah. be, they've also weirdly guaranteed that the Marvels will never... I thought they might move the Marvels into next summer because there's going to be a lot of Disney Marvel movies that are not going to be ready for next summer. And Mar- the Marvels is done. So you, I could see them saying, you know what? We're just going to punt this to the first weekend of May. and Then we have something, at least for May, that we know is done. And that will probably benefit from being the first big May movie and all that. Uh, but now it would be silly to move it because they are, they're going to just, I think, dominate like, you know, November. That's like the big movie for several weeks. They should even move it up into that Dune slot and move it up a week. Uh, but yeah, it seems like the studio is just, I don't know, who are they fighting with this decision? But what themselves. are they doing? Yeah. What are they doing? What are they doing? There? Yeah. What are they
1: doing to over there? Um. So, as you mentioned, other shifts that happened because of this Godzilla Kong, the new empire pushed from March 14th to april 12th so basically it got pushed off the date that will now be dune tuesday and godzilla is now april 12th but they're keeping yeah equalizers obviously coming out this next week
0: will see will i see you there tomorrow <laughs> no I'm, I'm out of town so i don't get to see it oh, i'm not going to the press yeah. screening and i'm gonna it's wait it's a man I on guess. fire reunion Justin. i know i'm excited honestly like i haven't particularly liked the other equalizer movies and I am still very excited to see this one. Uh, I'm going to see it when I come back to the city next weekend. So and that's what we call the fanning factor. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I don't even like that's not, that's not even the fanning that I I like Al fanning as an actress dakota i can take or leave but i you know it, it, there is something about it being a man on fire reunion that's kind of exciting
1: uh and aquaman is also not moving from december
0: 20th what do we, which is why because like, there's no trailer for that movie
1: <laughs> yeah i feel like they're just so dug in on like this thing they've we read that article on the show about them retooling it and reshooting it and testing it to oblivion and, and spending more and more money on it so i feel like they're just like get it the fuck out, move on, take the money loss if there's going to be one, uh, which I don't think there will be. I hope it does work. I, I, I would fine. imagine that.
0: that's probably also why they want to hang on to that date because the, right now it's the big action fantasy movie for Christmas. And like, so they have a huge advantage if they, uh, if they stick there.
1: Right on. So Dune 2, uh, what else was delayed? Craven the Hunter and Ghostbusters Afterlife got pushed to 2024. Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse got pushed removed entirely from the calendar uh but those are the big ones and challenges as you mentioned um wanted to mention there's a great variety cover story on michael mann talking about how it's been like a 30-year journey to make this ferrari movie for him among other things interesting read wanted to plug that i already talked about godzilla uh sunday was national cinema day we're a little late i hope we mentioned it last week i don't know if we did uh (laughs) so i hope you went and saw a four dollar movie on sunday august 27th because all movies every at every theater as far as i can tell were four dollars even the indie theaters in new york were participating
0: that's great there's even uh we're recording this on sunday and i am going i accidentally got tickets to a fathom event because i didn't realize that's what it was uh, so I'm hoping it'll be a good one and not a one that's run off a goddamn DVR because I got my whole family, including my seven-year-old, to agree to go see American Graffiti, the wow. anniversary. <laughs> I a, love that bucks. movie. I've actually haven't I've seen it, but I haven't seen it in years, like probably decades at this point. So I'm excited to watch. It.
1: I watched it for the first time I think during COVID. I'd have to check my letterbox, which I'm pulling up now. Yeah, five-star log for me on July 9th of 2020 oh so.
0: wow so that's deep into the <laughs> yeah i really needed that movie yeah.
1: apparently i was like this is fantastic the yeah. best thing i've ever seen
0: but yeah four dollars for a fathom event which are usually like 20 bucks and you know exempt from stubs and all that but i've got bringing the whole family for like 25 bucks this i wish great.
1: i could game the system and buy like future tickets today yeah. like for all the fathom <laughs> events that i need to see yeah uh, but i'm sure they don't let you do that but i hope you guys took advantage of it and that that uh detail is kind of why the box office uh, this weekend is harder to talk about than normal. Yeah. Because um, I don't I think they're doing estimates right now and they're like just not all
0: the way in yet or something. Yeah. Well they're they're it's harder to estimate how the, the how the Sunday is gonna bump things. Yeah. They sort of But there's a up... lot
1: of pre sales, so I'm sure a lot of that yeah.
0: numbers are accurate. But yeah, they up the estimate on Barbie based on I think on some pre sales. I know my um my my aunt just left here. I'm at my mom's house, and she just left to go see Barbie. Um, so they had to theater. they had to
1: revise the box office for, for right yeah there. yeah
0: they have to be like well well A- Alan's coming to do to, to see this with her friends <laughs> add so. another
1: four dollars yeah
0: <laughs> recount do the whole thing over again. But then Gran Turismo is also I mean this is just annoying. box well, this office is what I this is what I want yeah. to talk about. Is yeah, the, the Gran Turismo the... rolling in the other yeah. numbers. Yeah. So
1: Sony is doing some creative work because, as we've been joking about on this show and on Roger and me, Gran Turismo did not come out until August twenty fifth, despite being in pre in sneak previews for what like three weeks technically. Yeah, yeah. If you count that first one, maybe even four. I feel like that that first one was like a month in advance. The the investor yeah, screening yeah. at AMC. So there's been like four or five preview screenings. I feel like for Gran Turismo, more because some of the, when
0: they were doing previews the last couple of weekends, they were doing them Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So like it's been essentially playing, like just in sort of limited time release.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it was very selective. Like you,
1: you could see Gran Turismo, but you have to go at the specific time. Yeah, and it wasn't out, but now yeah. it's out, and they reported, <laughs> they reported, uh, they rolled in all those sneak previews into not thursday i don't know why that matters but they rolled it into friday right which made it seem like it had this huge opening day that it absolutely didn't have i feel like it said it was reported that it had a 12 million dollar friday when if you took away the previews it was probably what like three million dollars
0: something like that yeah and they because they, they already roll in thursday previews which is weird like because thursday previews now start in the middle of the afternoon so you're taking basically the entire thursday for a new it's movie only and saying it's part of friday <laughs> one
1: of many many forms of of Hollywood accounting. This is probably like one of the least like ones that harms the least, but it is still strange.
0: Very strange. So you have Gran Turismo reporting today, at least of course, according to the numbers.com is reporting a 17.3 million weekend for the win, slightly edging out Barbie. But of course, if you take out those preview numbers, Barbie won the weekend handily, Uh, but you can tell both studios are sort of trying to revise up and up and up to try to get, to try to squeak over the other one. Uh, but it seems like Gran Turismo is probably gonna probably gonna maintain the lead. But you know, who knows Again, when, when they recount it with with Ellen and everyone else, bar maybe Barbie will will squeak out one more victory.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely possible. Just to be clear, the only reason Gran Turismo is number one at the box office is because they rolled in several other days of yeah. numbers into it. It's. It's it's always setting themself setting themselves up for a horrific drop next week. right? Because it actually is going to pro- you know it probably
0: will not drop that hard next weekend, but it will look like it did because they're over over-reporting, overreporting this big number. And hey, look, it's cool that it made money in previews. Like it, it seems like it made a substantial amount in that, in those sneak previews. So it's an interesting strategy. Uh, and money's money, you know. But it is kind of funny that it's being jockeyed for like the the you know prime position here or something. <laughs>
1: Yeah, very strange stuff. Uh, this, So this, I wanted to mention all that in the box office segment. The other bit here is that Talk to Me is still a story to watch. And that yes. movie had another insane hold. 33% drop in week five. And losing a 1,000 screens and
0: it dropped 33%, which means it probably would have even dropped softer if it had held on to some screens.
1: Lost a 1,000 screens and dropped 33%. It's now at 52 million worldwide which is in the top five at twenty four now uh and it will continue to go up and up and up so congratulations to talk to me and i will mention now that it will be at home in time for the holiday um by that holiday i mean obviously halloween <laughs> talk to me hits 4k blu-ray digital on october 3rd 2023 there will be an amazon exclusive edition uh talk to me 4k blu-ray digital no word on when the talk to me digital release will come out which now mm-hmm. If you pay attention to this type of stuff, Jesse, which I'm sure you do, you know that before a movie comes out on 4K and Blu-ray disc, now you can almost always find it on premium VOD first for for like twenty yeah. or twenty five dollars right. to uh, buy in advance, and then yeah. like when it comes out on the disc is when it becomes like six bucks to rent on digital. Is that correct?
0: Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And I wonder, yeah, A24, it holds those for longer. Uh, normal, other studios, most of them would have put it on. It would be available on digital right now. But um, A24 right. is, is, is they're like a little studio of Christopher Nolan's saying, no, we need to give it the proper 120 days or whatever it is. I love that.
1: We need more yeah. studios full of Old many Christopher, Christopher Nolans. Little Nolans. <laughs> little Nolans. Uh, and as we already have mentioned, talk to me. A sequel has already been ordered by A twenty four. Do you think, do you think that gets out by next like next year? Do you think that they're going to uh, rush that? I
0: I wonder if they will. Horror is like though one thing where it's not really frowned upon to rush out a sequel. But I kind of wonder if it'll be a you know a year and a half. Like maybe it'll be next January or they won't do January because it's too fancy. But next March or something. I, it won't necessarily be in the summer.
1: Um, one other box office thing I wanted to mention. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles holding great. Minus 29. Another 6 million this weekend. It's about to cross 100 domestic. It's at 135 worldwide. The movie's already doing well. It will continue to do well. They're putting it in VOD, Jesse. On uh-huh. the 1st. On, the on September 1st. Can you believe that? I mean, is that a normal? I, is that is that the normal window? Am I again blown away by like standard practice? Is that is, what's happening I, now? now it's pretty standard for a that month, feels about, too about fast? <laughs> Didn't that just come out like three weeks ago? Am I It wrong? came out the first weekend
0: in, in August. Uh, yeah, it does. Four seem weeks. A little, it seems a little fast. Uh, I think when it when it's just for the twenty dollars price point, they must not be seeing much perceived decrease. There's because definitely that, we know,
1: we've it, learned that you surprising like movies will hold in theaters fine. Even if they're on VOD, especially premium VOD, yeah, like there's I not think, that much. People will still go see it. So yeah, maybe I think I'm, it, I'm it, being- at that
0: point, at that point, when it's twenty bucks to rent at home, it really is a matter, a, more a matter of how you prefer to see it. Versus when it's streaming for free, quote unquote free, you know, for some service you subscribe to already, I think there's a little more feeling of like, well, no, I'm not going to go pay a bunch i mean although i'm gonna go pay money to watch american graffiti which i believe is on netflix right now um but i I think yeah those like when it's a premium price point of like 20 or 25 bucks they must figure that it just doesn't people are making a big fuss about barbie it's going on vod around the same time um but like you can guarantee next weekend there's not going to be like a big crash in barbie demand (laughs) like people are just gonna keep seeing it because it's a fun thing they want to do in the theaters Yes. And speaking of
1: theaters, I, I should have mentioned this when you mentioned Fathom, but I did have a Fathom poll here. Oh. Uh, John Carpenter's They Live uh, is playing Fathom September 3rd and September 6th, and Christine is playing September 10th and September 13th. Uh, Fathom is celebrating 35 years of They Live, and I believe Christine is celebrating its 40th. Yes. So there you have it. I'm now promoting these skeptically by telling you, check your local listing, call your local theater, find out if they're DC, uh, DCPs before you go see them. Uh, make sure they're not a satellite feed, but otherwise if, if they're, if they're DCPs, absolutely go see these movies and support them in theaters. Each film includes special introductions made exclusively for Fathom by John Carpenter, as he reflects on the creative process behind both films and the indelible influence they've left on the genre. That is primed to be hilarious. Yes. Carpenter talking about anything nowadays is great. Uh, this is mostly for Jesse. Jesse, there's a David Gordon Green Halloween Trilogy 4K box set coming out in stupid. Ah,
0: son of a bitch. I, I have two of the three, so I, you know, it seems like I don't want to rebuy it, but I yeah. would have waited.
1: It's crazy. It looks really nice. It's actually a UK release, so it may... Well, I guess 4Ks are region free, so that would be yeah. fine. But three movies collectible library case three steel books nine x double sided art cards. So if you if you like having stuff in your house, um, <laughs> you can buy the Halloween trilogy 4K box set from what is this company? I it's not one I recognize. It is that's zavi.com. I don't know what the actual company is cuz that just seems like a place that's selling it. It's not telling me. But there you have it. There's there's one. There's a box set coming out and Buy it for Jesse. He doesn't really need it. <laughs> but you can buy it for him anyway. Um, speaking of buying things, Insidious The Red Door, September 12th, Blu-ray and DVD, which means it's that that is when it will be like 7 bucks to rent instead of the 20 I imagine it is now. But you can watch that now. What else do I have here? Oh, surprise, The Meg... Or God, I always... The Meg 2. It's not The Meg 2. It is Meg 2 The Trench. Thus far as made... Well, it had made 319 million before this weekend. So, if I am jumping into the numbers to see what the Meg 2 did, another five. It's at 75 domestic, which must mean it's at God. The numbers are so slow on Sundays. 352 worldwide now. Uh, but the Meg, the Meg 2. I'm gonna call it that. I don't care. I'm powering through. The Meg 2 <laughs> is available now, Jesse, at home, as of Friday, August 25th. It's out on digital for 19 dollars for rent. $20 25 to purchase uh, and there's two special features on digital a making of and a little interview with Ben Wheatley who I imagine is really thrilled to talk about this movie um, <laughs> I really didn't like it Jesse thought it was slightly better but also didn't love it yeah uh, don't spend $20 to rent it would be no. my advice no. no
0: no no hold everybody hold
1: um, Expendables Four has a trailer out that plays up the gore and violence. The screenshot I see is very cheap CGI and looks terrible. I have never seen an Expendables movie, Jesse. Really? You going to nope. run the series? <laughs> uh, I've just heard, not a single person, even every people who love DTV action and this type of shit. Not yeah. a single soul has ever said go ahead and watch them. Like they <laughs> uh-huh. all have been like each one is disappointing in its
0: own way. What do you Yeah, think? I haven't dis- I haven't flat out disliked any of them. i kind of, like, you know, been fine with... A, kind of a Meg 2 situation where I'm like, ah, whatever, who cares? But if you really wanted to see a great action movie teaming up all these stars... Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of funny the degree to which fast and furious ended up doing expendables but for real you know what i mean like mm-hmm. fast 5 came out a, a year after the first expendables or less than a year after and like kind of did what they were doing and it actually made a good action movie out of it so yeah they're not really worth it. they're kind of enjoyable for the stallone factor if you're a student of stallone
1: <laughs> i'm shocked to find out the third one was rated pg-13 but this one is back with an r rating like the first two uh, strong, bloody violence throughout. Let's list the cast: Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren, Randy Couture, Sylvester Stallone, Fifty Cent, Megan Fox, Tony Jaw, Iko Uwais, Jacob Scipio, Levi Tran, and Andy Garcia. It's just like I feel like they've strayed a little bit from <laughs> what, this was, what this was supposed to be. They
0: started straying almost immediately. It's very strange. <laughs> I They're believe like, whoever this will do it.
1: Like 50 Cent, action icon. Yeah, sure. act, yeah,
0: and action icon Andy Garcia <laughs> for yeah. all of his oiled up 80s action movies starring Andy Garcia. Yeah, the third one does that big time because they include like, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, Kelsey Grammer is in the third one. As Beast uh, from yeah. X-Men? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's his one action role, right? um yeah it's 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 really goofy they just like it just it's just names at this point whether whatever names say yes i'm kind of into this one because it supposedly is more of a statham thing than a Stallone thing and i like megan fox so megan fox and jason statham together sounds like a good i'm you know i'm gonna definitely see it but uh i i I don't really care about their stupid cgi blood which is how i as i recall is how the other one was R the second one is r-rated in a similar fashion where it's just Mm. like okay great you pasted in some blood from ms paint wonderful
1: wonderful uh we mentioned a few weeks ago that vhs 85 is premiering at fantastic fest september 21st through 28th but we now know it will be on shutter october 6th so if you're a vhs head congratulations three in three years i believe so they're really cranking these movies out uh scott derrickson did one and david bruckner and more so there you have that i'm gonna stop saying that was it my new catchphrase there you have it folks that's what i say now um did you realize did you see this Jesse Barbie is opening an IMAX for one week only on uh, no. sept- September 22nd it will include new post credit footage I should have wrapped that into our our discussion before
0: but I I didn't have it up what do you how do you re- react to that I mean that's cool I'm glad that, that they that they kind of I don't want that seems like a counter to the idea that everyone was screaming about how putting on VOD in the beginning of September means that they hate money and they don't want things to succeed in theaters um it's cool that they are you know I wonder if how it'll still be an event that many weeks into it it seems like that should happen like the Eighth, the fifteenth, but I imagine there's also IMAX screens for uh, the the big releases those weekends that they probably can't fit it in because there's a lot of demand for those premium large format screens. They got to build more of those screens.
1: Yeah, it's wild that they're holding out a month and they're like, people will come in a month, and they're right, yeah. people will come for it. Um, fun fact, Jesse, did you see that before the Adam Sandler Bot Mitzvah movie came out, which is delightful? I thought was quite good. Um. The Pope's Exorcist starring Russell Crowe was the number one movie on Netflix. Also. Yes. Crow triumphant. It's kind of exactly where it belongs, right? Like that movie I didn't think was good enough for a theatrical exorcist movie, but it feels right at home. Everyone watching it at Netflix and like doing the laundry while they watch it or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Kind of perfect. Uh, and I wanted to give a shout out to blade. One of my favorite movies of all time, because it's 25 oh yeah Mm -hmm. so let's do a classic where were you when you when did you see blade did you see it opening night i'm I'm sure you have a story
0: i do uh i went to see blade it's it was in addition to being the release date of blade it was the 18th birthday or 19th birthday 19th birthday because he was born in 79 it was the birthday of my dear friend jeff Mm. uh and so, I'm sure he wanted to go see Blade. He did. We all did. Uh, I, th- I think he people were. Leaving. It was also last my last summer uh, before people were leaving for college. Um, so doing super but, bad style antics. Yeah, we were. <laughs> our super bad style antics were so woefully sad. Just going to see Blade and going to Ponderosa beforehand, uh, but there weren't a lot of people. You know, people were starting to leave already because some colleges start. You know, last third week in August or last week in August. So there were a few of us left. Jeff and Rob and I were left. I think Rob was working or something. So Jeff and I went to Ponderosa for his birthday dinner and got some steaks. I feel like some some girl chatted me up briefly uh, because of I was wearing that The Happy Giant shirt, which, as we know, is uh, you know catnip to young women. Um, Built a birdhouse. In yeah, world. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and then he and I went to the mall and saw Blade. I think Rob met us there and we were all super into it. But now every time I think of Jeff's birthday or Blade, I also think of the other one, whichever one I'm thinking of. If they're inextricably linked in my mind. I also remember that that August, there was like, it was a, each Friday, not August, I went to see a movie with my friends. We saw Snake Eyes on the 7th. Mm. We saw the Avengers, the Sean Connery, Ray Fiennes, with Thurman one on the 14th. Blade on the 21st, and uh, 54 on the 28th. And so, victory, victorious for the month emerged Blade, the best movie, certainly, that I saw in August 1998. Great movie. Did, you must have seen it. You, might, you, were, you were like eight, so I don't imagine you saw it. Well, well, maybe. I
1: didn't see The First Blade in theaters, but it was one of those R rated movies that I could reliably go watch at my cool friend Carlos's house. Yeah. Because yeah, their Carlos. parents weren't around or they were, you know, his stepdad owned that movie on, v- uh-huh. on VHS. Sure. And we would go there after school and just have no, you know, their parents, was, parents were both working. I'm sure mine were too, but, uh, Mine didn't have Blade at home, yeah. so no. I would go over to Carlos's house and watch all the R-rated stuff that I probably didn't have access to at home, including, like, American Pie also, first time. Or actually, no, American Pie was – my parents rented it because oh, okay. they were so imag- – I mean, that movie was a phenomenon. I definitely yeah. know, like – I'm sure the local news had to report on that movie at some point. Like, just because of, for whatever reason. Like, it's a box office hit. It's in its third week. K- kids love this movie. Are your kids fucking pies? Yeah. That's what I imagine. That's what they I imagine. Local- pie fucking you. yeah. Are your kids fucking pies at the mall? Like, yeah. that, that's, that's what it probably was on the news. But uh, so that was a very specific memory of my parents renting that and then, like, probably going to bed and then me taking it out of their yeah. VCR and watching it later. Um, of course. Uh, but what was I talking about? My God. Um, Blade. Blade, Blade and of Carlos. Carlos. Thank you. Uh, Blade and Carlos. Yeah. So I definitely watched Blade at Carlos's house and thought it was literally the coolest fucking thing I'd ever seen in my <laughs> life. I didn't know you could have like comic booky shit be R rated. Like it yeah. was like unbelievable to me. And that movie loomed large uh, for many years. I feel like I became Blade obsessed. I did see Blade 2 theatrically um, in LA with my uncle nice. uh, a very memorable day I went and saw Blade 2 and then went to a go-kart situation <laughs> and I was driving the go-kart around that didn't have seatbelts in them and I hit a wall and flew out of it and my <laughs> uncle said we're not telling your mother about this So she might be finding out about this now. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, Very memorable experience. No, I'm pretty sure I did tell her later because I was so excited. I'm like, I fucking flew right out. It was Uh, awesome. Really, really, you know, core memories. Yeah, uh, of course. Blade franchise. And then we were all really excited for Blade Trinity, obviously. And then... We all brought our iPods to the theater so we could do the yeah, do the we, dance while yeah. she did while she when she put them in you put them in
0: you know you could, and, yeah and then you could all you could all take showers afterwards and, and be yeah. like, and to be to be sad yeah we um,
1: all had the iTunes like colorful logo behind us when we were dancing <laughs> like all those commercials back then uh so I I feel like I was too young to realize that Blade Trinity was bad you know what I mean yeah like I Blade Trinity like came still. out I yeah right. I mean you have. Ryan Reynolds saying shit like cock juggling thunder cunt that it's gonna stick in the mind of a twelve year old. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah. it was kind of made for me, and I know that movie was like famously hard to make. Patton Oswalt was in it, right? And talks about is how he, like tried to do. I think he did a
0: polish on it or something, and it was such a it was such a huge pain. That's what it was. Yeah, apparently and he is in it just... also. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes, it's just a disaster of a movie, apparently. But uh, that franchise holds a special place in my heart. I think the common would you say the conventional wisdom is two is the is the best of them yes i would say that's true i want to say that is just completely wrong like i <laughs> i kind of i thought that too because of the conventional wisdom i just agreed i was like yes i love blade 2 so that i just agree and then i rewatched them you know not that long ago a few years ago maybe when the 4k came out of blade which was like a year or two ago um the first one to me is like so much better such a better movie and I just feel like it's so funny because Stephen Norrington is a guy who's like a director whose name we don't know. And right. he made the better blade movie, but because Guillermo did the second one, everyone just thinks it's better. And I think on their own, if you watch them back to back, I really think it's clear that like the first one is like just such an iconic, cool fucking movie. And the second one, I don't know. It doesn't have the it doesn't move the same way. I feel like it, it luxuriates doesn't, I think, a little too I, much.
0: I I might prefer the second one just because I love the monsters in it and I love the like crazy, you know, the vampire hunting vampires and like the, the kind of weird crew that of course is very Guillermo Gil- 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 Del Toro that Blade has to hook up with.
1: But in terms not to of to, yeah, of, not the shit talk too. I love it
0: too. But I just no, but really I, I, love
1: one. I think it's I can underrated. see. It, yeah,
0: there's a. I think it's so similar to how I feel about the first X Men movie, where it's sure. just it's got like such a clarity and simplicity, and it was so fresh at the time that it's hard for me to prefer the sequels, even when they're kind of going kind of technically bigger and better in some ways like there's just kind of a nice clarity. And I think the first one also has like some cool sort of black exploitation nods that, that is not really Guillermo del Toro's forte. <laughs> uh, yes. that, that there's like kind of, there is something cool about it. It kind of feels more of its own thing. I can picture kind of the, the visual atmosphere of Blade, which seems silly to say this about compared to a Guillermo del Toro movie, but I can kind of picture what yes. Blade looks like, the kind of cool tones of it and yes. stuff. Yes. More so, more readily than I can Blade 2, even though I like Blade 2 a lot. And, and some. And I also probably at the time thought it was better. But I do think, also, Blade 1 has the immortal catchphrase, which I wish he had just said in all of them. Oh, I, yeah. I just want to say about everything, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> Yeah, incredible. Love incredible that. Line. Love it. It's probably the best Snipes performance of the three, so I think that probably helps too.
1: Steven Dorf, probably the yeah. best yeah. Steven Dorf role. Yeah,
0: he's he's great. In it. Yeah, he's a great. There's some bad. There's some dodgy effects at the end. I think that maybe that might you know. Well, d- what I'm is, isn't as dodgy effects wise. I would I say. guess. Well, no,
1: actually, I, what I remember is that two had the like really rubbery, like that Matrix Reloaded Smith fight scene. CGI. Oh yeah, uh-huh, like uh-huh. it's just like of that era. Yeah. So like. I thought that at the time too. And then every watched it. I'm like, no, I think the shit holds up in Blade better, even though there's arguably yes stuff that, that it's like the movie, they were they weren't ready to do that in 1998 yet or whatever. Right, Like right, there's right. definitely stuff like that. But I would argue it has held up better than two. So that's my gauntlet throw. Everyone needs to rewatch both of them. Maybe you and I should. If there's ever uh, yeah, if there's like a, a downtime, little... I love. I got
0: all three on Blu-ray. I love Blade, yeah. so I'm all I'm always down
1: and like god we're
0: just constantly chasing that martial <laughs> ali one that did he did he drop out of it what's the I, he, latest i don't Something remember happened. what the latest is i feel like i don't know if he might have dropped out actually uh he might have just said peace out uh it seems like that thing is just never going to happen they would just they probably
1: for the best like i yeah. can't
0: imagine it being good yeah it's anyway to, yeah uh dive or retribution first uh let's do retribution first let's always, so, we always want to handle the retribution first
1: it's best <laughs> was to this do that. truly your first ever experience seeing a movie with nobody
0: else in the theater it was there have been times where i thought it would happen and someone you've
1: been going to movies for however many fucking years yeah.
0: and, it's, <laughs> and it's never happened no it's never happened here's why part of why that's a great clickbait headline i'm clicking. yeah yeah I'm <laughs> yeah and the answer will surprise you uh doctors
1: hate this one weird trick that jesse's about to tell you there's
0: actually there's there, you know what there is a horror related asterisk to to this uh that that i'll that i'll work in but i don't have a driver's license and i i grew up in upstate new york so if i was going to the movies i i, I think the first time i ever went to a movie by myself i saw the long kiss goodnight at the mall was, none of my friends were around and my mom was going to the mall maybe i think even taking my sister to a family movie. And I was like, well, I want to see this movie. So I'll just go and see Kiss goodnight. And no one came with me at the time. I was like, what a bummer. How depressing. Now it's like, it's the so, best. That's fun. <laughs> the only way to experience it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy going with my wife. I'm going enjoying with my friends when I can get them, to, when I can get it together to get them to, together. I enjoy seeing going to screenings and going with you and all that. But it's nice. It is. I like going to the movies by myself now. It's a nice experience. Um, at the time, I was like, oh, what a loser I am. Uh, so, but I didn't go by myself very often and, and usually, so usually even if the theater, there were a couple times the theater would have been just me, but like, I saw it with someone else. Like I saw kids in the hall brain candy in its very brief <laughs> visit to the Saratoga mall in 1996. Yeah, that's like when I saw it came out.
1: the pick of destiny and there was nobody there, but yeah. me and my cousin.
0: <laughs> yeah. Me and my buddy Derek went to see that it was only showing once a day. We saw in the paper, like, holy shit, they're, they're playing brain candy. It's playing at 12:05 PM only for one yeah.
2: week
0: so we went i don't know whose pa- parents probably drove us in there, but but we it was only the two of us um and then uh the same year i saw super cop with my brother i think we were the only two in super cop i remember my brother is that like drunk. police
1: story four or whatever yeah it's like one okay. of the police stories yeah i I've it's saw three that. yeah, yeah. I've seen
0: that. And my brother was like running up and down the aisles so, and like <laughs> going, going well <laughs> that's
1: my experience is the first time it happened for me and like it hasn't happened that many times because it's always, like, you think it is, and then at the last second you're right. One, yeah, one person yeah. comes in and ruins it or whatever. But uh, Willard,
0: the yeah. Crispin oh, Glover. Oh, great. Love that fucking movie. Yeah. I, see, I I saw that with my my lovely wife, Marissa. We both really liked it a lot. The experience
1: um, was definitely ruined by us being the only ones in there because we were, however, what, what, what year did the movie come out? It was 2002, so 13. Yeah. So, like we were running around the aisles and being just like, this is crazy. Like, I definitely don't remember the content of that movie very much. Yeah, I remember me and my buddy Sean, like, literally just running through the aisles and, like, acting like children.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, and then I moved to New York. Uh, Well, so the little interval is that in college, I, there was a movie theater that they built my sophomore year in my college town, and I did sometimes go by myself. I wouldn't usually, but I could find a friend to go with, but I sometimes wanted to see some stuff that no one wanted to see, and I would go by myself. There was one time I was the only one, but I made a fatal mistake. Uh, I, I snuck in to see the movie Bats. Uh, <laughs> A horror bats.
1: movie about bats oh my god
0: they will the i believe the tagline was no joke they will suck you dry
1: yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, i remember that poster yeah, i don't remember yeah. the movie but i remember the poster
0: i had the poster i don't know why if there was some kind of giveaway i had the poster of it I, i've never seen the wait have, i think i now. dude I have seen the
1: movie. that motherfucker directed joyride
0: 2 oh okay all right so now i know what we're dealing with joyride 2 which i didn't have the time to watch bad uh, i snuck into bats unfortunate because i saw something else first i would just pay one and then see two or three and yep, then, that was that uh, was my move as well in the past yeah. so you know i was like i'm look i'm giving them some money <laughs> what well, yes. am i gonna go out and go back and pay again when they're? Not i'll buy some me? more candy don't worry yeah yeah come on but then so i sat down for bats and uh, no one else bought a ticket and they did not start the movie oh dude that
1: <laughs> was my one of my Ma- managers at the movie theater in Evanston. One of my favorite dudes ever. His name was Lane. I hope he any, for any reason, if anyone who knows him is listening and pass this along, I hope he hears it. Cause I remember, I just remember all of his antics so vividly. And his favorite thing on earth was when a movie had zero tickets sold and you'd pop your head in and there was like three or four people in there. And he would, <laughs> he would do the funniest shit. He would like, let them let the previews play and the movie would start and he would turn off all the lights in the theater and then he would come in there with a flashlight and, like, just be like – just, like, you know, make – just kind of just fuck around. Because, uh, like, he knew he knew they didn't have any – you didn't have right, tickets. Right, so he would be right. like, you guys have tickets? And they'd say, yeah. You know, he would just play along with yeah. them. He was, like, an improviser. <laughs> so, like, it was just the most fun. And I oh, feel like so he would funny. probably let them stay ultimately. But, yeah. like, it was definitely just – he's like, let's just go fuck around with Theater 9 for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, really great well, stuff. Well, uh,
0: you know, wh- looking back on this, I, I, sure, I was I was trying to save money because I was a poor college kid. But... I'm sure I had four dollars, or because they were five dollars, whatever. Yeah. I think it was like it was like four dollar Tuesday or something at the at the at the movie theater. Yeah. So why I didn't? I think I ended up sneaking into something else or sneaking into watching had part. people in it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like I just stuck into like I don't know what it was. Superstar maybe. I think I watched like this the, the part of Superstar and then jumped into something else.
1: <laughs> I watched that for the first time last week.
0: Yeah, because... I never seen it in full until re- very recently. <laughs> it's not very good. Um, it's
1: not very good, but weirdly the funniest stuff in it is like the Harlan Williams stuff. For some reason, like the way they treated his his character made me laugh. Yeah, that was,
0: was a funny idea for a character. But I don't know why I didn't just, you know, admit defeat and go and pay. I guess I was just, I'm not going to fucking pay money for bats. Humiliated. I, like I, yeah. I, it would have just cost me $5 to solve this problem, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I refused and saw something else instead. So that I did not have the experience of actually watching the movie with no one else in the theater. And then I moved to New York after college, and you are just never alone in New York. Have you ever had an empty no. theater in New York? I've never, never, never. Um, several times, thinking
1: so, and then someone would pop in. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I can't think of a time where it's actually been just me.
0: It's been close a couple times, odd hours for obscure movies at the AMC Empire. I've thought oh yeah, it was be just those me, it never well,
1: <laughs> the, the honesty about Empire in like 34th Street is like somebody will wander in there. They don't have yes. a ticket, yeah. but they will wander in there. <laughs> yes, yeah. you're never down. alone
0: at the AMC Empire. So and then I did I,
1: I was, did I send you that text last week when I oh I did when I was at 34th Street and I went into the bathroom and there was just an open knife on the ground like a yeah. huge <laughs> yes. blade just a huge <laughs> knife yeah. and I got to go downstairs and like tell the guy that okay. there was a huge I, I, there was people around so I very slyly showed him a picture I was like uh-huh. this is in the bathroom upstairs yeah. I only thought it was like threatening him <laughs> I <was> yeah like, <laughs> like this is waiting for you upstairs yeah. <laughs> motherfucker
0: if you don't get out if you get out of your car this is what's happening. Um, oh God. yeah yes. but so uh you know in the most recent time that i was almost alone is that my my wife and i were visiting my hometown where there is an amc it was a rich as another theater but amc bought it um and we went to go see the souvenir at like 9 30 and <laughs> that's not that this is i mean nothing against my hometown but that's not the town for this man uh so no it was just the two of us um it was one of those things where a24 tech took the movie way wider than you would expect so we saw yeah. The Souvenir, just the two of us, which was nice. But, you know, it just has never happened before until I, I had a suspicion that this would happen. Because I don't usually go to movies this late anymore because I get tired. But I yeah. found myself <laughs> with my, my kid was in bed and my mom was going to bed. And like I was like, well, I could watch a movie, you know, on my mom's TV or on my laptop. And I was like, well, you know what? The, the Retribution starring Liam Neeson, which I want to see, is playing a 10-minute walk less, an 8-minute walk from my mom's house. Oh, wow. It starts at 10.20 uh and like my the other show times during the day were not that convenient for my very plan my various plans when i'm home yeah so was like you know what i'm just gonna roll out now and see retribution and i bet i'll be by myself and i bet right there was i couldn't even see a soul in in the hallway it's so (laughs)
1: funny because you're you're reminding me now that i can think of the ones that i was alone recently both when i was out of town yes one of course one was Malignant when I was in Virginia Beach and there was nobody there opening that day for Malignant in the first show. And then uh Chicago, when I went, remember when I was back home, I think I went to the movie theater every day because like Fast and Furious was playing like at AMC the first yeah, one. Yeah, And the next day was... uh the opening of that non-existent Brian Cox horror movie. Six yes. Uh, Separation. Yes. I there was nobody that. there as well. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my two recents.
0: Yeah. yeah. This, yeah, I bet it's probably if I was just, if I lived in Saratoga where I am right now, uh, I'm sure I could have, have it happen semi regularly because. Yeah. The,
1: Manufacture it, go at yeah, 1020 on a well, whatever.
0: Yeah. It was a Thursday night too, because they were doing that. They were doing the Thursday previews and I'm sure they were somewhat at the 7 PM, but The 1020 on a Thursday, like, unless that's a comic book movie, there really is no need. I always do kind of get bummed out when I see that movie theaters cut off showtimes after 9 PM, which the theater has sometimes done this kind of like, oh, we don't need to be open because like, there's just no demand for it. That always makes me nervous. But I'm like, well, if you're not paying for the people for the staff to be there, then maybe it's better to keep financially solvent and not have these late night shows. Nobody needs. But for whatever reason, they had 10 PM rain shows on Thursday uh and so i took advantage of that got my twizzlers i uh, got my um my sprite and and went and watched retribution and i think the reason that i like this movie fine is that i started it at well by the time the trailers were over 10:40 p.m which normally i wouldn't necessarily be going to bed but i'd definitely be falling asleep you
1: experienced this movie in rem yeah
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just dreamed a better movie. No, <laughs> I didn't get drowsy until like the last 10 minutes. There is, a, there is a part where it's sort of like I started kind of like, you know, zoning yeah. out as our friend Lex G would say. Uh, and then it's sort of, the very end, I sort of was like, okay, I'm back. I'm back in it. There's just like a five minute sequence where I was sort of like, this is this is starting to get boring. You before look at the guy then, behind
1: you you're like, this is boring, isn't it? Yeah, uh, There's yeah, nobody the, there.
0: And <laughs> they disappeared, yeah. Uh, but before then, I was pretty locked into it, even acknowledging that this movie where Liam Neeson plays a guy who gets in his car and with his kids and is, gets a phone call that says there's a bomb in your car and it's going to blow up if you try to get out it's like Put the ball <laughs> the parent, yeah, yeah. The perfect yeah perfect impression <laughs> um and uh it's it's not it's the i love nimrod on talent on oh, how do i say his name uh generally i love nimrod um i've been waiting for him to make another kind of junkie limited location thriller which almost all of his American movies are some I mean, predators is a little less limited location, but it's still constricted in the sense that they're in this like forest planet that you, they can't really go that far. Um, and then of course, vacancy is confined to this motel and armored is mostly, it's not entirely, but a lot of it is confined to this armored car. And this is definitely the least of those four movies. I admit, but i do think he manages those situations well i think he directs them well with a kind of it doesn't he doesn't overdo it he doesn't try to dazzle you with like cutting you know trying to do a bad tony scott imitation he just you know has a good sense of like when to go in for a close up and when to kind of tighten the screws a little and i don't even think this movie is wildly suspenseful but i did it did hold my interest in a kind of an old fashioned b movie way it's really more of a dramatic thriller than even like a suspense movie or certainly not an action movie. Like Liam Neeson is not playing the guy who gets retribution. He's playing the guy who retribution is visited upon in the movie. Uh, But I, I really, I do enjoy when he is playing these guilt racked guilt racked sort of weak men who are not very good fathers. He's clearly working something out in some of his work. He's clearly attracted that, that kind of Catholic familial guilt. And this is not a great one of those, but compared to the other ones he's done recently, I, I did actually really like Marlowe pretty well, but, like, the other kind of boilerplate, you know, Blacklight's the, the worst one. Yeah. Blacklight, yeah, that was really bad. Honest Thief. I kind of like Memory because, again, that kind of felt like it was doing something a little more dramatically grounded, even though it's kind of a weird movie. Um, but this one is really my favorite of these, like, Chinse, you know, post-Taken, post-Wame, Call It Sarah movies, and I saw that Call It Sarah produced this, and his yeah. cinematographer uh, shot it, so basically he farmed out one of these movies, he farmed out a non-stop to, to, to Nimrod, and it's not as good as non-stop, it's not as good as Unknown, it's not as good as The Commuter, all of which I love. Um, Run all night. It's good. It's not as good as Run All Night, which I was a little cool too the first time I saw. It. But when I rewatched it, I was like, hey, "It's actually
1: good." On you your it? yearly Run All Night rewatch.
0: Yeah, I have all these movies on Blu Ray. The, the uh, maybe I don't have the commuter. I have to get it. Uh, but all the Guame Call Sarah, Liam Neeson movies. I love them so much more than the Taken movies. And this one is not as good as those, but like it kind of hit the spot in the moment for me. I liked. The, you know, I just liked Liam, Liam Neeson barking his way through the situation, getting frustrated, flipping someone off. Well, while, while my favorite—I feel
1: like the reveal that like I just didn't. I thought it was so clumsily handled. Like this whole movie. Like the I think the the guy calls him on the phone and is like, "I'm your car, or whatever." <laughs> and he's like, "And he's like, I I don't believe you." And he's like <laughs> trying to get him to convince him. And he goes, "What are you enjoying those leather seats you're in?" And he's yeah. like. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> He's here. Yeah. He knows. He knows yeah. I have leather seats. He it's like good, good scenes. fucking guess. Yeah. It was like fifty percent chance they were yeah. gonna be leather yeah. seats. I mean, he, knows, like, he knows. I think he knows at some
0: point that the kids are in the car, which was He's, not an expected thing. And, and, yeah, it, it is. It is clunky. It is clunky. The script is very clunky, and I'm agreed with Bilga Bill uh, our friend of the show. Oh God, a great, he wrote <laughs> Billga every now and then. <laughs> I feel like the past two weeks, there was my um, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was
1: it was retribution. He was like, "It's good," and there was one last. Strays. He was into Strays. Oh yeah, Strays. He's like, it's great. Yeah, love <laughs> <laughs> Bilga. No,
0: I really see eye these things.
1: I love um, that he likes what he likes, and, and he, he you can't can't predict what that will be.
0: Yeah, I almost didn't. I want right after I saw this movie, I wanted to write about it, and then when I read Bilga's thing, I was like, ah, that that pretty much covers it. Um, what did he say? He just he just was talking about how much he liked it and how it is kind of a poor man's Walmart well, Coliseum movie, but it, it gets the job done, and he did say by the end, by the last 20, 30 minutes, it kind of feels like either something was reshot or something was kind of not fully there or not, they they reshot or re-edited something. It feels a little bit like they fudged something or, weren't, or they changed the ending or something like that. And I agree. It, it runs out of gas a little bit after an hour and change. Uh, there's a scene, like the scene that kind of lost me when the, was like, he has like a conversation with a cop. I think that's not too spoilery. Like a lady cop towards the end of the movie, he has like a chat with her. And it's that part that I found very clunky and sort of not confusing, but I just like... After, You're like
1: a woman cop? Yeah, what?
0: How did they, how did this happen? <laughs> it just like, it really kind of, you know, not to use annoying car metaphors, but like the momentum of the movie like just really screeches to a halt, like literally because the vehicle stopped at that point. It really and, stalls. Yeah, it really stalls. The carburetor really needs some extra, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, but before that point, I again, it wasn't like you know, sweating, sweaty palms, like on the edge of my seat. But, you know, him trying to figure out how to get his, his, <laughs> trying to convince his kids to throw out their cell phones out the window. I was like, yeah, that would be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tough uh, ask. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I just I enjoyed the kind this sounds really dorky, but I enjoyed the dramatic parts. I enjoyed the Liam Neeson angst of it that he like what he finds out when he tries to get a hold. The kind of logistical stuff of like, okay, now I have to get a hold of my wife.
1: Oh, him finding out his wife is divorcing him while in the situation yeah, or whatever. Love that. I was like, yeah.
0: that's that's I was into that, the kind of melodrama of it. I was I was I was into again, low expectations and maybe being in the tank for Nimrod and for Neeson a bit. But for most of the running time, I was like, "This is a good potboiler. It's pretty well directed. Uh, It's not. It doesn't really stick the lane." Actually, the very end is great because it ends so concisely. (laughs) It's got a great nineteen. You know, something out of the forties or fifties where those things just those those movies just fucking end as soon as it's possible to end, and this one does that
1: uh yeah the your... lights are up before yeah. you know it You're like what
0: <laughs> no like, credits they're like continuing the exposition <laughs> over the credits with some like <laughs> some news uh like background noise um i enjoyed that part so like on the whole this even though this 91 minute movie i kind of was like yeah this could have been 80 (laughs) easily uh 80 minutes of it i really liked and the and the other 10 minutes i was like yeah that's kind of it's funny you say that i was like it could bear my review
1: said it can barely sustain itself for 85 minutes yeah every (laughs) scene felt like it dragged on as long as possible like it just (laughs) i couldn't it's one of those movies where i i just couldn't fathom like why is this scene here and why is it taking so long and it just it didn't feel efficient in the way that a lot of these movies should be. And it's another thing where I'm like, maybe this would work if you hadn't seen... Like a cellular, which I think yeah, yeah, is a great yeah. movie. That is a good one. I like that one a lot. Yeah, me and, I, I, me and Roger yeah. Ebert love cellular. Yeah. He, I remember <laughs> the, he really liked
0: it. I, I, as much as you were saying, as we'll talk about the survival thriller being sort of one of your kind of go to, like, you, you always works on you. The limited location thriller, it doesn't always. I remember there's a bad one with Ethan Hawke, and I want to say Selena Gomez, who I now really like from. Oh Over
1: yeah, it's like a car movie or
0: something. Getaway. Yeah, that one's really yeah. bad. Um, but generally. I'm kind of a sucker for the limited location thriller, it's the shallows and crawl better. Lock. Creature. lock. I do like lock. I like this. I, that's a really extreme example. Cause it's not like exciting, like the shallows or crawl um and I, I i really enjoy that kind of thing this one is not again it's not as good as the shallows which is also what i call it sarah he's kind of the master of these things and i you know when he was doing these bigger movies with the rock i was kind of disappointed his next one is for netflix and it's about like a situation on a plane and i'm like yeah yes, that's more like that's what we yeah. want uh, this one is not as good as those, but I sort of, I, I it, it's a lesser entry, but like, it's not like getaway, which ideally did getaway was one where I felt like you were, what you're saying about this. I completely thought about getaway. I was like, why is this completely devoid of tension? It's yeah. moving, but it's not going anywhere. The action
1: in this to me is just like every now and then a car will explode. Near yeah. them. Oh, no, there's
0: <laughs> like, it's not, You, you if, certainly if you're going in for a Liam, uh, Liam Neeson action movie, which I do enjoy from time to time. Put so on I'm your seatbelts. Yeah. You're going to be taken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bus is going to go below 55 miles an hour. Uh, no, it like, is not an action movie. It's not a good, like when they do action stuff, it's not that good. And it's just, I mean, that's not really what Nimrod does. Like he doesn't really do action movies. He does these no. sort of, you know, little squirrely little thrillers. And this again, not as good as his other work, but. I, not as good know, as Cellular,
1: not as good as Phone Booth. There's a lot argue. of movies
0: that's not as good. I probably liked it about as much as I like Phone Booth. I, I that
1: saw Phone Booth. I think three times in theaters for some reason. And that, well, I wasn't even of age to see it. So it was like my mom's friend went to see it and like happened to let slip. They were seeing it that night. And I was like, I'm coming with you. I am going, (laughs) I'm going, I don't care if I'm invited. So I went, I went with them and Uh I'm pretty sure my parents wanted to see it. And I was like, I loved it. I'm going back with them. Wow. And then I think it happened a third time. And then I remember (laughs) my neighbor, their parents rented the DVD. It was brand. That was must have been New Era DVD. Yeah, at the Infinite, time. probably the Infinifilm New Line mm, DVD. I think so. Oh, no, you it's a Fox movie, so I think. Yeah, so. I remember the. I remember the. It was like just when Blockbuster had like moved pretty much from like VHS normal to DVD normal. Yeah. And this family had just got a DVD player, and I remember watching this movie with them, and I think only one of the channels of audio was working on it. Like, they Uh clearly hadn't set up their TV for it, the DVD player yet. And they were... I was trying to tell them, I'd seen the movie before, and that, like, they're missing stuff. And they were like, no, it's a part of the movie. Don't (laughs) worry. Like, the we're not supposed to hear the phone half of the conversation I'm like I'm like if you put the subtitles on you will see that there's dialogue right now so I've I feel like I had movie, to help God them damn. yeah I had to troubleshoot that so you, you, yeah. I can
0: see see I can see you picture I can I'm picturing you in the Liam Neeson, you know <laughs> non-stop like I'm not a good band. But I'm not trying to hijack this plane, I'm trying to save it. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to help
1: you. Yeah, Watch I'm trying this to movie. help you. Yeah. Why would you listen to me? Yeah. yeah, it, was so, very, yeah. it was a very it was a very like neeson like situation. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> Retribution ends up being like not as like I want it to be as exciting as speed. It just doesn't have any oh, propulsion no, no in review. that yeah, aspect no, or no. anything like crank. All no. the movies you could compare it to. It's, it's not just an is, adrenaline rush. <laughs> no, it's like and like the the reason why uh, one of the reasons why we're talking about it is when I saw the trailer, I'm like, this is a Saw movie. I'm like, this yeah. looks like a Saw movie, <laughs> and it yes. arguably plays out more like that than it does a Speed movie or something. Yeah, yeah, but, it's definitely
0: more more thriller than action for sure. And uh, I, yeah, it's and it's not as. It's, what do you it's, think
1: it's about this? Metaphor that his kids are sitting in the back seat because he puts them back seat Whoa. in his life. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you consider yeah. this? Oh, interesting. Interesting. That, okay. now I'm going to
0: need to watch the whole thing over. You gotta again You got to watch it too. again. <laughs> no, I mean it is very hokey, but I, I just there's a certain kind of B picture that really I'm, I'm like you know, it's going to have to really fuck it up for me not to like it. I didn't think this one
1: fucked Did it you have it. that quality of like, I, I looked him up, and like Spider, who I'm only yeah. going to call Spider, yes. his name is Jack Champion, I think, but his, his name is Spider. Yeah. He... This for a second I was like was this movie on a shelf for a few years? It felt like maybe just be, I guess just because he's playing like a teenage son. Even though you look up this guy, he's 18 years old. It's like yeah. perfectly reasonable to be playing a high school kid. But because of his role in as Spider and because of his role in Scream 6 it felt like I'm like, was this on a shelf before those? It just right. felt it felt strange to me. It's his
0: cause his performance isn't as good in this. Yeah, like, it's bad. It's <laughs> really it's
1: well, it's again it's just a script, I'm sure, but it's like it's like when Brandon Wardell showed up in in uh uh that fucking Joe Coy movie and he's playing a high schooler <laughs> and it, it just felt <laughs> weird, but I guess yeah. this guy's totally of age, but yeah
0: I, yeah, I think you're right. It feels because the performance isn't as good. It feels like, Oh, this is the less polished. Like this is like when you, not that she's bad, but like in terms of recognition, Lupita Nyong'o is like in nonstop. And that like was clearly before, I think oh, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily shot before 12 years of a slave, but definitely came out after, like after she was a bigger deal and not that Jack champion is even as big, nearly a a deal as Oscar winner Lupita Nyong'o. But like, the uh there there's a kind of disconnect of like oh it feels like he shot this before even though he probably didn't and it's because yeah. the performance isn't very good i i, I not the thing against jack champion who i love as spider and, and and liked and screamed but i saw his name in the credits was like yeah spider and then the movie started and like and liam neeson has a teenage son and i was like who's that guy <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't it didn't clock at all and then I forgot until I saw the credits again at the end I was like right and it was spider from avatar the kids uh, are just both
1: bad it's all its just all I the girls
0: the was fine but
1: well know. it's so funny that she just ends up like covered in explosion by the yes. end of the movie like she's like got soot all over her and shit. yeah yeah um yeah I don't know it didn't it didn't the lead up didn't work out for me and the payoff certainly didn't work out it just all the writing, it just felt so staid and, like, stilted. Like, yeah. we've all seen the overworked dad who puts work before the kids stuff, and it was all just pitched so at that base level. It didn't do anything new with any of that, and it wasn't a particularly good example of that. But, hey, Jesse liked it. Our <laughs> friend of the show, Bill Bria, liked it. And, weirdly, Scott Renshaw liked it. I was okay. surprised to see him give it
0: three And And Go Bill G- Bill liked it, too. So I yeah. think... There's, you know, I think that's probably some of us is just like the the Nimrod uh auteur, or tourists or the decent tourists. Yes. But you know, if it's playing at a drive-in near you, I would say make sure there's yeah, no bomb you can drive along with the yeah, film. You can drive along with the film. You can play along. It's a good drive-in movie. It's a good like cheap end of summer kind of. You know, I, I always look forward to those a lot more than some of the other big ticket items. But yeah, it's not like don't get don't get your hopes up for this one. Yeah, I'm gonna warn you guys.
1: Be careful. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's a bad movie. <laughs> Jesse's very nice. I know he had a nice time <laughs> seeing it by himself at the theater, making everyone wait until he was. I know. I felt done. so bad. I was
0: like, it, it, I. Did they locked the door like, behind you. I. I saw no one when I left because I was honestly gonna say sorry to someone. I was gonna be like, hey, <laughs> I'm real sorry that I had to see this movie at 10:20 and keep you here past midnight. Uh, but no one was there, so it's possible. I was like, they just locked me in overnight. Okay, well, I'll just sleep here, I guess. Uh, and they, they, it wasn't locked, so I, get, I it's possible they just abandoned the AMC. And we'll be like, we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> but I, I, if they, you know, uh, if they're if by some chance, they're new flesh fans listening. I'm very sorry, guys. I, I just wanted to have a nice time at the movies by myself.
1: I think it's my dream to like go to a ten twenty and then get locked in the theater overnight yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then have to like oh I guess I'm watching a bunch of whatever what, what do they got on this server we'll yeah see what
0: yeah. I going to fix myself some mozzarella sticks.
1: I'll say it again. I don't know how many <laughs> of listeners. I'm sure some people know, but I used to work at a one screen art theater in college, and it had an apartment above it. Uh, that I believe when they sold the building, they sold it all as one, and like you know. If that wasn't if I wish I could airlift that place to New York City <laughs> because I don't want to go live there. But I love like I would just go there and like bring my PlayStation and plug it into a movie theater. Like it uh-huh. was it was a very cool experience.
0: You you want to be the guy in Pearl who lives in the shady yes. back room. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Take
1: my Pearl up there. Yeah. Whatever. Mandy's the Pearl in this situation. Yes. That's fantastic. Obviously, obviously. All right, let's talk about the next film. Uh, which I already forgot what the it is. The Dive, another of li- sort of limited
0: location type of deal. They're, they're kind of good. They're a good double feature. If these yeah. two are playing at a drive-in, go immediately. Yeah, I don't think The Dive is playing in any drive-in. So this it, came it, out of nowhere,
1: but like, it's, as I said, it's right up my alley. It's like my exact type of movie. What's the premise? Lay it out.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's very, very simple. Two sisters are on a little diving trip, and there's, I would fairly minimal like kind of emotional backstory you get the sense one of them is there sort of reluctantly or sort of like is more moody about it and the other one is a little more trying to like trying to have a good time and say no no we aren't we gonna have fun and uh they're underwater doing a dive and right after a moment of great tension interpersonal tension where they're exploring a little cave uh there's a rock slide above them and one of them is trapped underwater by the like under a rock with her legs uh i guess not crushed but wedged in between these two rocks and obviously oxygen is running short there's some there are many feet underwater not like impossibly far underwater but pretty far far enough so that there's lots of talk about the um the compression stop uh decompression stop that you need to make on the way up and so the other one has to race, have they have to figure out logistically, okay, how do we it's basically like kind of a MacGyvery kind of like how do we solve this problem? You're running It's very mission stuck under like a, a computer
1: yeah. game mission oriented. Yes, like, go yes. grab this thing and we'll try that and then yeah that doesn't what, work. What what stuff go, do yeah.
0: we have back at the car that can help you? And then you get, of course, you get back to the car. There's additional complications about where, about the things that they left behind and why that's no longer as possible. And the kind of more level-headed and less, and like less and more angry sister is the one sort of laying out the plan. She's like more of the, I think more of the professional for uh, diver and her sister is uh, trying to keep it together and also trying not to waste oxygen by by getting really, really worked up. So it's a really neat logistical thriller. That's the stuff I really liked about it. Like kind of like, okay, we need. Well, we I think could. this can move the rock. Yeah. Uh, this can't. You know what? This thing that moves the rock is inside this other thing, and we need to open this yeah. thing.
1: How do we open the trunk without the keys?
0: Yeah. yeah, really yeah. cool. I love that kind of stuff. That's that's really cool. I will say also, like, I, I think the the poor destiny of everything we talked about. Some of these movies just earlier with the Shallows and the Crawl. Every time one of these comes out, I'm going to do a little hot take here. People are like, "Oh, it's cool. It's a really fun movie, and like, it's suspenseful." The Backstory emotional backstory is really hokey and dumb, but like we could forgive that and I would say as much as I often think that certainly in comedies I often think the emotional backstory is dumb or like unnecessary. With these movies, like, especially with... The, I mean, maybe that's more particular to The Shallows. It's the whole deal. It's like, like the metaphor is
1: baked in, yeah. Right,
0: right. Like, they're never... To me, it never feels... None For the movie's good, it doesn't feel intrusive. And no. I didn't think it felt intrusive in Crawl. I liked the kind of hokey. She's a swimmer and, you know, to where, where she's like apex predator all day, you know, to psych herself up. In The yeah. Shallows, I like the thing about her mom being, grieving her mom. And in this movie... I'll now do a double about face and say that emotional stuff didn't work that great for me. I just didn't find it that compelling, but I did kind of admire the way that it's worked into the movie, which is very minimally. I think some people, it's almost an experiment to say how little of this stuff can you work in and still have people complain that it's hokey and intrusive. (laughs) And the the, the amount is any amount and people will complain that it's hokey and intrusive (laughs) because I don't even 100% sure what the emotional situation was in this movie. Um, there's something with their father, who's obviously no longer with them, but it takes a long time to sort of get to what happened with their father, and I'm still not 100% sure I understand, um, which I kind of admired about it. Like, I, I they kind of elided. It's it kind of like in general childhood trauma. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. like kind of – I thought, in fact, something much more bizarre was about to happen in one in the one of the more extended flashbacks. I thought there was going to be something a lot more Rococo-like and, and kind of horror-like um, that would, did not seem to be the case. and. I didn't, you know, I'm sort of talking out both sides of my mouth here because I didn't. That stuff didn't work great for me in this particular context, and I did feel like the movie reaches a sort of great crescendo at like 70 minutes, and then kind of continues with some more business after that. Um, but in general, I actually kind of did like the way that it's 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 they weave it in very quietly and like without a lot of exposition and with a kind of impressionistic cuts to little brief moments and i feel like that's a cool way to go about it and it was, it was it's pretty well done i and also the movie's like ge- i think genuinely shot underwater is that right like, i don't think this was done on a, a tank or anything yeah like, no it looks it looks
1: really good well i have the caveat of like screeners.com website uh-huh. <laughs> it, a character at one point said i can't see anything and i was like yeah girl yeah me either. i can't <laughs> right see anything well even yeah.
0: watching it on my laptop uh, on my amazon rental Occasionally, there's just so much darkness that like some yeah. digital streaming stuff is gonna look kind of pixely with that much darkness. I'm, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I almost wanted to say, oh, this would have looked really good in the big screen, and I bet I it thought would the have. same. But I also did not feel any... For whatever reason, I did not feel any pull that I wished I had seen on the big screen. I don't yeah. know why. I just was like, it's fine that I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I got the job it. done. Like, I get it. Yeah, yeah,
1: I feel the same way. Like, I wish I did, but I'm not going to go, like, see it again on the big screen right now. Right, no. Like, I, I would I never got, watch this movie
0: again. <laughs> yeah,
1: I got... Not to say it's bad. It's just, like, it gets the job done. It made me feel what i was supposed to feel while watching it i was like oh my god i would not want my leg to be stuck under a rock underwater yeah. with a limited amount of air i yes. don't want to do that <laughs> no, so I, no uh so that worked it was suspenseful underwater it was suspenseful when she was above water and there's a ticking clock element and she has yeah. to try to figure out what's going on i love that it's just the situation there's not like and then a shark comes like right, it just right. is what it is and it's plenty
0: um i think a a worse
1: movie would have thrown some other shit in there maybe
0: yeah well what i was trying to figure out was like why did i like fall so much better than this because yes by most standards fall is less realistic dopier characterization and more ham-fisted about the character's background
1: yeah but they're so high up dude
0: yeah <laughs> it really is well i think what <laughs> that's 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 it isn't it well with fall i think there's there's a line with these survival movies that it treads for me i was thinking about this because of shark movies recently with open water which is a movie i know is like technically quite good but i don't really care for because there's just kind of this doominess to it i feel like when you get really realistic with survival stuff, it can just get kind of miserable. Like, Oh Jesus, I don't want to see that. I don't want, why are you putting me in this headspace? Like this is just miserable. And I think fall does a great job, even though there's some like, it, there's pretty nasty turns in fall. There's like, they're there. It's pulpy enough or like in, in- ingenious enough so that when stuff, when there is some kind of like something else, some other complication happens instead of being like, Oh Jesus, this is even worse. You're kind of like, it's kind of, cack- you're not necessarily cackling with glee, but you're sort of, enjoying the the extra complication you know the kind of oh shit moment yeah and that not to say that it's poorly done in the dive but some of those extra complications instead of being like oh boy you're kind of like jesus christ (laughs) this is just this just seems horrible and it doesn't have i mean it's, it's trying to be a little more serious so it doesn't quite have that sense of fun that you get from the really good ones i think the shallows and crawl really balance the like trying to tell a serious story nominally, but are still having a lot of fun with the pulpiness. This one, it's just like, you are thinking so much about like real oxygen tanks. And that's again, that's not a fun of the movie. That means the movie is doing its job and be more realistic. Um, but I do sometimes wonder when I'm watching these things, how realistic do I want these things to be? Do I want, cause I really want to see MacGyvering shit. Like, I don't want to see the, the, the sad realities of getting, you know, uh, of your oxygen running to its last gasp when you're underwater. <laughs> uh, but yeah. that's, that, that's more of a me problem than the movie problem because the movie's really quite well done and, and pretty concise and, and d- does a really nice job, like putting you under the water.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that's as good as we're going to get on the dive. I think we both recommend it with not not with reservations just like know what it is and if you know what it is and you like yeah. those type of movies it will work for you yeah uh yeah our, great point about the emotional stuff and how even a little is some people might find it to be too much yeah um we'll be back next week with i don't know what i did <laughs> i did watch a horror movie for next week that i could send to you but it's bad Oh. Uh, uh, uh i'll just say it now because the embargo's up beaten to death it's a welcome villain movie that new studio that did um Hunter Killer, which we liked yeah, pretty yeah, good. Cool. And there was another one they did. This is their third movie. Um, no good. Really bad. Really didn't like it. But uh, if there's nothing else, maybe Jesse will watch it and we will talk <laughs> about it. Uh, there's definitely Equalizer 3, which doesn't feel horror and then the week after that is the nun and big fat Greek wedding, which is a, a double feature we're going to do on the show. Uh,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. the I'm already set for the Greek wedding. Oh, tell me so
1: when I'm, the screening is. I didn't yeah. get an invite. I'll.
0: I'll, I'll I only did because I got assigned it, and they were already they were already messing around with it. So I'll, I'll send you the information. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> well, this is the end of the pod. We'll be back next week. Oh, Patreon plug. We're on there. We did stuff. What did we talk about on the Patreon this week? We just what? recorded it.
0: Yeah, we strays,
1: strays, and blue beetle.
0: Strays and blue beetle. That's correct. Yes, I don't know what. I'm going to be in Cape Cod this week, but uh, no worries. uh, I'll be. I might be around. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well,
1: there's plenty of stuff. Maybe we'll talk about vacation friends too, or something. (laughs) But uh, all there's always stuff on Patreon. There's 117 bonus episodes, or something, including one from this week. So go ahead and subscribe. Bye.
0: lifestyle.